to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen. Welcome to episode 54 and welcome back after a short autumn break. This time last year, Ruby Sweeney was running a successful events business called the Events Hub. Then COVID-19 arrived and the events industry was thrown into disarray. After taking stock, Ruby challenged herself to lead the way in online events management. She believes that post-pandemic crisis, the future lies in hybrid events, and despite the challenges of recent months, she is more positive than ever about her business. Ruby tells us about her career to date and offers advice for getting the best out of your digital events. I interviewed her on the 10th of November. If you enjoy this episode, why not subscribe to the podcast? You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and all the mainstream podcast providers simply by searching for Scottish Business Network. Ruby Sweeney, how are you and how has this strangest of years been for you personally? It has been a real growth journey for me this year and it has no doubt been a strange, surreal year. However, I feel I have done a lot of personal growing and development this year that has wasn't been it wasn't planned it's just seems to have been a year where things have come together things have changed hugely for for many of us and for me as a business owner of a business that that's nine years old now I have almost had a had a rebirth this year of of my business and also I have pushed myself into places that I haven't been before so it's been a huge year for learning for me. Now, of course, your business is all about events, which once meant lots of people coming together in the same room. So when lockdown hit in March, what were your thoughts about taking your business forward? When the lockdown hit, I was, well, the week before lockdown hit, I was in London running a conference for 160 people. I had a team of 10 event staff and we were running a two-day conference in central London. And it was very bizarre because the the pandemic had sort of reached Spain and Italy and was was in its height. And we had a, a couple of students from Spain and Italy that were volunteering at the, the conference that we were running and, and helping us out. And they were telling us what had been going on in their in their hometowns. And the realization of what was almost clearly on our shores already, we think, at the time was was very, very surreal. And the week that we ran the conference that conference was the last large event in that venue. And then the following week, the venue had to close. So we were very, very close to our event not happening altogether. And this is months and months, almost a year of work that we had put into this conference, which luckily managed to run. But there were a lot of people in our industry and in our space and, and beyond who had events and conferences and activities planned that couldn't go ahead. And because of what has happened in in 2020, these events have just been kicked further and further into the year and then into the new year. And these events are not happening. And a lot of the events that should have happened or could have happened are currently um, either being moved into a virtual space or sort of thrown into to Zoom or Teams and, and being run as, a, as almost a webinar. So as an experience, these events are very different from what they were set out to initially achieve. In terms of how the events industry has evolved in the last few months, how other industries have evolved, how technology has moved forward, 
we are all in this space where we're, we're open to trying new things. And I have clients who are saying, you know, do you, do you have suggestions about a platform that could do X? And, you know, can we try that? Can we look at that? So I think from, from my perspective, moving a business forward, I'm very hopeful about the future in the sense that we are able to take our clients on this journey with us. And a big part of what we've had to do over the summer is education. And it's education of our clients, of our partners, of our connections, of our network, to get them to truly understand what they can achieve through virtual events or hybrid events and, and conferences and, and the, the, the digital space altogether for, for events and for our industry. I genuinely think that my industry, the events and hospitality industry, needs positivity and it needs people to drive drive forward. And, and as we do that, we will gather others and take others with us, I would hope. Obviously, all events companies now have had to kind of scramble to get everything online. If everyone is heading in the same direction, how do you make yourself stand out? It must be very difficult. Yeah, it is. It is difficult. I would I would focus on the three key areas that we've identified as as being our USP, which is that we we, we have the traditional event management experience, and then our second key element is the event technology or the event platform that we use. So we we have a go to platform, and we're also open to using other platforms, and that very much depends on what our clients want to achieve, what experience they want to give, and how they they want that event to be received. And third is the technical production piece, because that is the missing piece of the puzzle. And typically what you will find is more or less, from my experience anyway, I might be wrong, but I find that events companies have got the event management experience and they may have a platform of choice. However, they then need to go out to another production company and and bring that in. Now, we we also do that to a certain extent, but we are so intertwined with our production company that they are almost an extension of of our internal team. So so we have a very close working relationship with them and we can we can deploy them to go and work live in a in a venue where we may be running a hybrid event or we fully work with them on our on our virtual events. We're going to come back to this, Ruby, and I know you're going to share some tips about how people can get the best out of online events. But first of all, where did it all start for you? Where did you grow up? What was family life like? And what did you want to do for a career when you were at school? So I, I was born and brought up in Gloucestershire, and I am one of five girls. And so I grew up in a big family, lots of lots of noise and laughter and, and, and fun. And my I have three older sisters, so they they went off to, to study. My my elder sister um got married at twenty one and moved to Canada and I was eight at the time, so we, we sort of had a big gap there. But my other sisters I grew up with um my second elder sister wanted to be a nurse her whole her whole childhood. She went off to do her nursing and she's a, a sister now, um, managing managing her, her ward. Um, and then I have a younger sister and then a sister older than me. So the three of us probably spent the most time together. And we we had great fun. Again, we had a we had a, a, a good a good um 
a good life. We had lots of fun. And, uh, and then when it came to sort of school and, and a career, I initially wanted to become an artist and a, and a fashion designer. I was, I was very interested in art and, and things. And I think it, it's interesting how when you're at school and when you're studying, how your teachers and, and the people that you surround yourself with really have an impact, positive or otherwise, on what you choose to do. Because those that have a great art teacher or a great you know, languages teacher want to go and do art and languages because they have someone who's encouraging them or who's, who's brilliant at what they do. And uh, for me, it just became one of these things where I sort of disengaged from art because the teachers changed. But also, I wasn't sure how I could make that a sustainable living. And it came down to me whittling down my subjects. And I, I thought, well, what, what do I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy? And I enjoyed food technology and I enjoyed languages. So I did some research into what I could do that would combine those two. And I came up with hospitality. The second half of the interview continues in a few seconds after this. Do you need a communications expert to help you with your marketing, brand storytelling or strategic content? Find out what I, Fraser Allen, can provide at www.allencoms.co.uk. That's Allen with two L's and an E, and comms with two M's. So you went off to study hospitality and tourism at Birmingham University, and then straight into events working at the Sheraton Heathrow, and then the RSA. How did you enjoy embracing the events world? I went into the Sheraton Heathrow at 19 and I was an intern there. And it was fascinating from a from the perspective of that being my first full-time job. So I had I had summer jobs and things when I was much younger. And I went to the Sheraton and I was working in the reservations office. So I started off my 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 one year internship and I was understanding sort of revenue management and how bedrooms get priced and and you know really fascinating stuff it may not sound it but it was really really interesting and I I was I was really stuck in into that and enjoying that and we worked in an open plan office so we had the the reservations team we had accounts and we had this empty space and I sort of said to to one of the managers one day I said well what's that part of the office for? And they said, that is for events. I said, well, we don't have a conference center because it's being refurbished and we clearly don't have an events team. And they said, well, not yet, but you know, we're, we're nearing the end of the refurbishment and, and we'll be, we'll be filling that, that, that part of the office soon. So I said, well, I'd quite like to go and work in events. Could I join the team? <laughs> and, and, and I think that my learning was, was twofold that, if if you want something, ask. And secondly, when when you're in management or you're, you're responsible for looking after people, put your faith in them because you just never know where that's going to take you or them. And had I not been given that opportunity, my career may not have developed in events. And because I had that opportunity, I took it. I took it, you know, two handed, and I went into the events team, and I had the time of my life. And it was brilliant. And I thought, I have found my calling. Events is where I want to be. That's such good advice for anyone embarking on their career, isn't it? Seize yeah, the yeah. day. Definitely. You've held uh, quite a few mm-hmm. jobs since in the events world. How did that career arc lead to you launching your own business 
and what brought you to Scotland? Yeah. So after the Sheraton, I went back and finished my degree and knew I wanted to go back to events. And I hadn't had the full opportunity to work in central London. And that was the that was the place that everybody went to, to, to really enjoy the events industry. So I worked for the Royal Society of Arts on the venue side for a year. And that was an incredible eye opener into the world of events and and venues and networking and and hosting these VIP events and and the rest of it. And it was fantastic. And it also gave me an insight into membership organisations because um, the RSA, as as you know, Fraser is is a is a membership organisation, and I was responsible for working with the fellows who were the members of the Royal Society of Arts. So I had again quite good responsibility I think for um, considering my my age and my experiences I think really giving young people an opportunity is, is is priceless and so for me that shaped my career once again because I got to see things from the venue side differently from from an airport hotel going into sort of a, a four or five star um, venue and, uh, and and selling that and, and, and running the events and so on so then from there, I, I did my year in London and then I moved back to live with my parents and I went to another membership organisation, which was um, an institute and I did international exhibitions and events for them. So again, from an experience perspective, I was learning about logistics and I was learning about shipping and I was learning about, I was kind of using my my skills that I'd learned from my previous roles about marketing and about all these threads that come together when you're running an event or putting on an exhibition, whether it's on your doorstep or the other side of the world. I did that for for just under a year and I had the opportunity to go and run my own region as an events executive for a public sector organisation. And that was fantastic. It was brilliant. And I learned so much because I was in the entrepreneurial space and it was a business support organization working with startup businesses, growing businesses, businesses exiting and and so on. So it was the full spectrum. And that entrepreneurial mindset sort of, I I think it kind of, mine was sparked from being around all these business owners and and these business advisors and and people looking at growth and strategy and all these different elements of, of running and growing a business. So that must have sown the seed because when I left that, I then went to an events agency. It was a short-lived role um, in the sense that it didn't suit me and I stepped away and I thought, I can't see myself working for anyone again after that experience. And so I walked away and my mind was made up and I went back home, I sat down in front of the computer and I registered my business and I started my own business. <laughs> Strike while the iron is hot. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and so the business was born. And having started the business in Gloucestershire, I then moved to London and when, I, when I met my husband and we got married. My husband is Scottish. And in the, at the end of 2018, started to get homesick and said look let's let's leave let's leave london we have very young children and it's it's getting a bit much and i and i and i want to go home and that was it so we so we moved up to scotland with our with our young family 
And having moved my business from my parents' place to to London to then have to move it again, you know, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. It was it was easily done. All I had to do was was take myself, my laptop and my phone, having had a very virtual setup from day one, um, and move myself up here. So you're now an adopted Scot. I am indeed. Uh, moving back to the current day, Ruby, do you think online events are here to stay as the predominant formats, or do you think we'll all gradually return to, to physical gatherings once the pandemic crisis is, is over? My thought is that currently, where and when people have the option to attend an event virtually or physically, so essentially a hybrid event. My thinking is that a hybrid is the future. And the reason I believe this is that people have a choice as to how they want to attend an event. Now, this is really, I think this is really paramount because having the choice as to whether you want to attend an event in person or virtually is very liberating. And in a situation like we are in at the moment, Virtual gives you a guarantee that, A, if you are the host, you're able to run the event, and B, if you're attending virtually, you'll be able to attend an event or that specific event. And my thought is that hybrid should very much be the approach for event organisers as we move forward because virtual is here to stay. And so virtual should not be dropped once we are able to to get together in a room again, it must be part of the strategy. And not just as a backup, but I think very much as an equal to a face-to-face. What are some of the key things you've learned about how to hold a successful event online? I would say that in 2020, we have had to throw an event into the virtual space, you know, throw it onto, onto a platform, whether that's Zoom or Teams or something else. And so the opportunity that we have moving forward is that we can plan and design an event for the virtual space. And I think the end user, so the delegates, the people on the other side of the screen, are really ready to embrace that. They're ready to sit in front of a computer for a couple of hours. They know that you aren't going to expect them to sit there all day um, and you shouldn't expect them to sit there all day. And, and, and so my first key would be to design an event for the virtual space. And I believe that that can be very exciting and it can still be very engaging. And it's about how you create that build up, how you market the event what the content is, but the biggest key is the networking and the interaction piece for the attendees. I think that's the biggest, biggest takeaway is that interaction piece. And as organisers, we shouldn't, we shouldn't forget about that. And, and even if we're offering a webinar, we should at least give people the opportunity to chat or to discuss in a chat box or in a, you know, in a Q&A section or, or something to feel that they've had some sort of interaction with the event or with the speakers. So my perspective is that we we must absolutely design an event for for the virtual space. It is different and it's being consumed differently, so it must be designed and formatted for that. Um, Also, I believe that 
in terms of running a successful virtual event, there is absolutely no harm in organisers raising sponsorships, monetizing their event and demonstrating value. So I, f- I get this feeling that a lot of people feel that they can't charge for a virtual event. And it's it's interesting because if that event was a face-to-face event and you're paying for a venue and, and catering and all the rest of it and you need to cover those costs, then there would absolutely be a ticket fee for that event. Now, when you run an event in the online space, there are setup costs, there are event management costs, there are platform costs, and there are streaming costs. And that's when you're looking at something that's a bit more than just Zoom. It's it's where you may want to run a, a webinar or, or an interactive online exhibition or a conference or something. So the tip that I would share with organisers of, of events of that scale is that be very clear about the value that people are going to get from that event and make sure that that value proposition is outlined for your delegates and your attendees, but also for partners and sponsors and supporters and what they can get out of it and what engagement they can have. So there is definitely a piece there about about generating revenue to cover costs of of an online event and not to be shy about it and to understand the value that you're delivering because should that event then have to flip into um, live again in the future, it's very difficult to then start charging for something that you haven't charged for, you know, for 12 months or 18 months or, or something. Um, so it's, it's understanding the value of what you're delivering as well and, and designing that for the, for the virtual space. And then I think in terms of the third and final point, I would say is that as an organiser or a host of a virtual or online event, always keep your user in mind. Always think about their experience because what I've been seeing quite a bit of is that people are are planning events or hosts or event organisers are putting events on and they're putting them on with themselves and their objectives in mind but not necessarily thinking about the 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 interaction or the experience or, or or the end user themselves so it's really important to keep that in mind when planning a, a an online event ruby it's great to hear someone whose business has been directly affected by the crisis sound so buoyant would you say that you're actually more optimistic about the future for your business compared to a year ago i would say i am i would say i'm more positive about my business I'm energized and I'm invigorated because I feel I can make a difference but going back to the point that I made at the start Fraser around what this year has been for me personally I think that personal growth has has impacted the way I feel about my business business in general and the future because absolutely our our industry has been decimated by this crisis and there are movements out there at the moment to get the events industry going and and people are petitioning the government understandably and rightfully so and it's a case of I feel that I must remain positive because if I stay positive maybe I can bring other people with me on this journey. Okay to, to finish up just for a bit of fun five Quick fire questions. Go on. 
What's for dinner tonight? Burger and chips. Oh, I want <laughs> burger and chips now as well. Who's your hero? My sister, who is now a sister. <laughs> Has she been okay? You know, working through the the, the pandemic. It's it's been a bit touch and go, but but thankfully she's she's safe and well. And um, to have you know someone in our family go up to to a level like that is just phenomenal. And I absolutely adore her. What's the last book you read? It was Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed. Fantasy alternative career. Uh- <laughs> Chef. Uh-huh. So is cooking a, a big part of your life? Huge, yeah. It's, it's probably the only hobby I have at the moment. So yes, definitely. And finally, your favourite place in the world? It would be the Maasai Mara in Kenya. It's where we went on honeymoon and seeing animals in their own environment and wild animals is just the most incredible experience. And I would wholly, wholly recommend it to anyone. Whether you, whether you like animals or not uh, is, is, is by the by. It is just phenomenal and it makes you feel so humbled. Ruby Sweeney, it's been lovely to hear your insights into the world of events in 2020. Thanks very much and wishing you and the Events Hub all the best for the future. Thanks, Razor. Ruby really radiates a can-do attitude, doesn't she? And I've heard lots of good things about what the Events Hub does. I hope you enjoyed that and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.